Do you want to talk about how you're feeling right now? Oh, so many questions. What does this mean? What do I do? <laughs> Go on! Tell them what you think! I liked it. I think your calculations may have been off. I think it's all right. I just have a lot of feelings. This pleases me. These are perfectly normal feelings. Do you even know what you sound like when you talk like that? Now, shall we begin? What does he want? It's not what I want, but what I can give you. Look, let's be straight, okay? It's obvious you're not some dumb schmuck here that's trying to snatch movie choices, am I right? You're very perceptive. I suffered through Yojimbo. I say to myself, these guys are professional. They're motivated. They're happening. I.e. they want something. Now, personally, I couldn't care less about your movie choices. Maybe you're pissed off at Catch Me If You Can. Maybe it's Hannibal Lecter's or The Edge. It's none of my business. I figure, hey, you're here to negotiate. Am I right? You're amazing. You figured this all out already? Hey, business is business. You use a microphone, I use Q-tips. What's the difference? Let's put it on my terms. You're here to hostile take over Jack's cop movie pick. Grab us some Twitter followers. But you didn't expect some poison pill to be running around in the building constantly throwing out weird old films for movie picks. Am I right? Drew... Booby, I'm your white knight. <laughs> I've never heard of you, Jimbo. What are you saying? The guy upstairs is fucking things up, huh? I could give them to you. Touching, cowboy. Touching. Or should I call you Mr. Host Jack? Mr. Podcast Host Jack of the Real Feels Podcast Department. Sister Teresa called me Mr. Host Jack in the third grade. My friends call me Jack. You're neither, shithead. I have someone who wants to talk to you. A very special friend who was with you at the Bilbo Grabbaggins night. Hey, Jackie boy. Nathan? Yeah. Now listen, Jack. They're giving me a few minutes to try and talk some sense into you. I know you think you're doing your job, Jack, but I can appreciate that. People might want to hear the occasional episode about a movie they perhaps haven't already seen. Broadening horizons and all. But you're just dragging this thing out. Now look, no one gets out of here until these guys can talk to the Tooch line, and that just ain't gonna happen until you stop meshing with the works, capiche? Nathan, what have you told them? I told them you pick old movies and you were my guest at the party. Nathan, you shouldn't be doing this. Tell me about it. All right, Jack, listen. They want you to pick Paul Blart Mall Cop as your cop movie genre choice. They know people are listening. They want Paul Blart or they're going to <laughs> they're going to kill me. Jack, didn't you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Hey, Jack, get with the program a little, huh? The listeners are here now. It's their problem. Now tell these guys we're doing Paul Blart Mall Cop and no one gets hurt. You know, I'm putting my life on the line for you, pal. Nathan, listen to me very carefully. Jack. Shut up, Nathan. Just shut your mouth. Put Drew back on the line. Drew, this shithead does not know what kind of movies you enjoy, but I do. Listen. Good. Then you'll give us what we want and save your friend's life. You're not part of this episode anymore. It's time you realize that. Hey, what am I, a method actor? Drew, 
babe, put the gun away. This is a podcast, not television. Drew, this asshole is not my friend. I just met him tonight. I don't know him. Jesus Christ, Nathan, these people are going to kill you. Tell him you don't know me. Jack, how can you say that after almost three seasons? Jack? Jack? Do you hear that? Talk to me. Where's my Paul Blart cop movie genre choice? Where is it? Or shall I shoot another one of your movie choices? Sooner or later, I might get to a movie you do care about. Go fuck yourself, Drew. (laughs) (laughs) Yes! Wow. (laughs) We have some bloopers. (laughs) Yes, we do. Oh. Uh, I, I feel like uh, like the uh, stereotypical director every time I write one of these intros and I'm like like mouthing along with you guys as you're... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Cut, cut, cut. <laughs> Drew. Booby. <laughs> Booby. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Real Feels podcast where we give you a different movie of a different genre fortnightly. Fortnightly. Mm. And tonight is our cop movie genre pick. And it is 1988's Die Hard. Yippee ki yay. <laughs> it's Christmas Eve in LA. California. Is Daddy coming home soon? Well, we'll see what Santa and Mommy can do, okay? A New York cop, John McLean, has come to see his wife. I missed you. Instead, he's going to have to save her. Sit down. Within this skyscraper high above the city, 12 terrorists have declared war. They're about to be taught a lesson in the real use of power. They're as brilliant because I am interested in the $640 million in your vault. As they are ruthless. But I'm telling you, you're just going to have to kill me. Okay. We do it the hard way. Now, the last thing McLean wants. Think, damn it, think is to be a hero. Where's Howie? Hey, Tucker! Where? But he doesn't have a choice. What does he think he's doing? John. They have already killed one hostage. This channel is reserved for emergency calls only. Lady, I sound like I'm wearing a pizza! He's inside? Who is he? Who are you then? You have lost troublesome for a security guard. Sorry, wrong guess, huh? Would you like to go for double jeopardy? Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee guy, mother. You just destroyed a building. And I am in charge of this situation. Well, I got some bad news for you. From up here, that looks like you're in charge of Jack. He is alone, he is tired, and he hasn't seen deadly squat from anybody down here. Hey pal, how you feeling? No thing beating, I'd rather be in Philadelphia. I want blood and you have it. Only John can drive somebody that crazy. He's an easy guy to like. Come out to the coast, we'll get together, have a few laughs. And a hard man to kill. Bruce Willis. Die hard. Got invited to the Christmas party by mistake. Who knew?
All right. So uh, how 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 long was this guy on or this movie? How big was it on your radar? How big of a blip for you guys? I mean, I I mean, kind of like what I've, I told you guys earlier, like I know Die Hard. I've seen Die Hard. But I think now this is probably in all honesty, probably my th- I said third. It might be fourth. It's like third or fourth full watch through entirely. I have watched this many a time. <laughs> Drunk, sober, uh, with family, with friends, by myself, (laughs) enemies. Yeah, I mean, you name it. I've I've watched this film a plethora of times, and I just feel like it gets not not maybe not better, but it is it is just always consistent. Kind of like Tombstone. You watch Tombstone, you're just Mm -hmm. like. I saw that you watched Tombstone. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I agree with that. This movie is right up there with Hunt for the Red October. Also the same, the same director, director from Hunt for the Red October. <laughs> and the same bear. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And this movie had a budget of between 25 and $35 million. It quadrupled that. The music, uh, did you guys uh, notice any, any similarities for the music? I mean, aside from that, they were sneaking in like Ode to Joy uh, in between different yeah, parts of the music. Uh, well, I, the, the composer for that, the film score, his name is uh, Michael uh, Kamen. Uh, and he has Prince done of uh, well, Prince of Thieves, Brazil, Edge of Darkness, Highlander, Prince of Thieves. Okay. Uh, Lethal Weapon, <laughs> Adventures in Babysitting, one of my personal favorites. Prince, Prince of course, Thieves. <laughs> that's right. The Adventures of Baron von Munchausen, uh, License to Kill, Lethal Weapon 2, Die Hard 2. It just keeps on nothing but trouble. It just keeps on going on and on. Uh, so, you know, and it's... Now hailed as a, a Christmas classic, which I think, oddly enough, when they made this movie, no one would have ever Not seen coming. Well, I mean, it, it came out in July. And I mean, even though now, like, Bruce Willis has gone on record at, like, an award ceremony saying, Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. You know what? Bruce Willis yeah. Bruce Willis can fuck himself. And it, you know what? If you want to consider it a Die Hard a, die hard a Christmas movie... Go nuts. There's there's so many things in it that point to it being very much a Christmas movie. And if yeah, that you know, made, to joy, the decorations, it's, it, it takes Christmas place Eve, on Christmas yeah. Eve for Christ on loud. Christmas Eve. Like the last song that they, you know, carry off to is a Christmas song. They say Merry Christmas. I mean, you know what? If it gives you the type of feels that you want to put it on your watch list during Christmas, more power to you. It's been on mine for a few years now. In this movie, I mean, everybody's aware of it, but I think it's gotten a little bit of a shot in the arm the the past few years because uh, have you guys ever watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Yeah. No. So Jake Peralta, Andy Samberg's character in that, this is his number one movie. In fact, when they go to LA for one episode, they take him to Fox Plaza and he's just like, oh, Nakatomi Towers. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I think it is a, a fantastic movie. It's not without, you know, this movie was made without a complete script. Uh, so there were lots of scripting changes throughout its production. So in the very beginning where they open up the van and all the Alan Rickman and the group of terrorists come out, there's no van in the background. There's no EMT white van in the background. And so that was a continuity error that they just didn't foresee because they hadn't written the end of the movie by the time they started filming it. That's bold. And another kind of interesting aspect is, would you guys agree that a lot of these 
supporting characters like Ellis, uh, you know, the the guy whose brother gets killed right at the beginning, Carl? who kind of goes nuts. Look, Carl, <laughs> Hans Gruber, Mr. Holly Gennaro, Mr. Takagi. Even, uh, Mr. Takagi, even the um, the Argyle, the, the limousine driver. chauffeur, uh, they get a little bit more attention than they normally would because Bruce Willis was also co-filming Moonlighting at this time and just didn't have, like, he would show up on set and then they'd have to shoot all of his stuff. And then they still had the cast and crew, so they're like, oh, let's do this scene. Let's mm-hmm, do that mm-hmm. scene. It sort of fleshes out things a little bit more than he normally would in an action movie. I mean, with, with even, like, the continuity errors that are, like, found in the film and small little, like, I think hilarious errors, if you notice... Carl, who's left in the elevator, you know, with the whole like, now I have a machine gun. Ho, 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 ho. If you notice real quick, he blinks. <laughs> if you ever not notice, like he actually he blinks. So, I mean, there's that the the idea of like with filming. Obviously, I think that's something that people should kind of take into consideration when the movie is being filmed. Films, the, the scenes are filmed out of, out of sync. OK, the scene with John McClane, the explosion on the roof. And him, you know, pair, uh, like uh, jumping off the side with the uh, with the fire hose. The first scene that he did. All right. And uh, Alan Rickman's like uh, uh, Hans Gruber's drop the, you know, the falling. So not only did they did they drop him early. <laughs> oh, I hope that's not a hostage. <laughs> so not only did they drop him early. They said they, they, they said they were going to count down from three and they dropped him actually on one. So the look on his face is genuine terror because he wasn't ready for it. And when he was and that was also his first scene that he filmed. And when he was asked or when he asked when he was like, you know, very frustrated and asked, like, why did you do that? And they're like, well, I mean, if you were angry, you could be replaced. <laughs> Same thing with with Bruce Willis. So like, ouch, if you died that day, you could be replaced. <laughs> I mean, this is this is Alan Rickman's big breakout onto the silver screen. He had only done British stage and British television before that. Bruce Willis uh, was not had not been in any movies yet. I don't believe he was just yeah. a TV star. That's why the five million dollars he got that was personally approved by Rupert Murdoch for mm-hmm. this film was sort of scandalous in Hollywood. Like, oh, they're going to give five million dollars to the asshole from Moonlighting. Uh, Reginald Vell Johnson played one of the best parts in this movie sergeant al pal he just brings a lot of heart to the role and then hollywood's resident asshole william atherton uh is playing the the snooty reporter going to the home you know like if you don't let me in i'll call you know ice on you immigration immigration <laughs> INS, yeah you're gonna call yeah. ins on him we uh the 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 principal from uh, the breakfast bowl, club get the uh, horns. that's right paul gleason yep paul gleason yeah, he plays such a great asshole he does he really does and I mean, forecasting Alan Rickman as Hans Gruber, total fluke. He had been in L.A. for five days and he had been actually he had like auditioned and offered the role. He initially turned down the role because he didn't think it was right that he had been picked up so quickly. He thought it was weird. And he was quickly swayed like, no, no, no. I don't think you understand how rare this is. Wow. That you are picked up this quickly for a movie. Take the role. (laughs) Well, and do you guys know much about Carl? His name is Alexander Gudunov. Oh, I thought you were saying Carl. I was like, I thought you were saying Carl Winslow. Yeah, I know Carl Winslow. No, no, no. <laughs> Real Carl person out ever seen. Never seen. So he he was a, uh, and this goes like right back to Hunt for the Red October. He was a like the premier star of the Bolshoi. They were performing in 1979 in New York City, and he managed to defect 
Oh. His wife wasn't like didn't make it in time and the KGB hustled her off to an airplane and it was a big sort of international scandal. Oh no. His wife ended up leaving and then he stayed on. The movie he did prior to this is one of my personal favorites. It's The Money Pit. Tom with, Hanks. Um, yeah. Tom Hanks, uh, where he plays the the quirky maestro who was uh, the ex of, uh, oh, is, what was the girl from Cheers? I, I can't place her name right now. Not Kirstie Alley. Which one? <laughs> Not Kirstie Alley, but the blonde. Oh, but, uh, um, it, it, Diane is the character. Crap. I can't remember her name. That's all right. Future true. Oh, oh well, I'm not going to edit that. <laughs> Shelly Long, no, Shelly no, Long, Shelly. But uh, there's there's just a lot of great supporting cast in this movie that sort of brings the the whole package together. It's it's a beautiful thing to like see Die Hard since it was. Uh, I found out now that Die Hard was based off of a novel. All right, and that novel in turn was a sequel to a novel called The Detective Hudson Hawk, and uh, the novel that the movie no, is no uh, God no. <laughs> The, the original novel is called The Detective. The novel that Die Hard is based off of is called Nothing Lasts Forever. And the novel of The Detective was actually made into a film with uh, Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra played the original role of John McClane. Because The Detective came out in like okay. the 60s, yep. didn't it? Yeah. yeah. And so when they were making Die Hard, they were legally obligated to offer Frank Sinatra <laughs> the original role. And Frank Sinatra, in his 70s at this point, was like... No, I'm good. I'm all right. But what's what's really interesting is that Bruce Willis's uh, one of his original acting roles was in the detective when Frank with Frank Sinatra playing John McCain. Bruce Willis plays an unnamed like extra that walks into the this like bar oh. right in front of Frank Sinatra. Serendipitous. Yeah, I, very much so. Right. When he walked in and he saw the breadth of his <laughs> empire. Benefits of a classical education. Uh, but I mean, it's it's really interesting to see, uh, not only for the fact that they had, they were legally obligated to give him the role, but if you look at the people that were offered the role of, of John McCain. McClane. You have. McClane. McClane. Why does he say McCain? McClane. Why would no one fight me? Uh, so you had. <laughs> you had uh, Clint Eastwood. Would you be the one called <laughs> Jack? Jack. You had Clint Eastwood, which honestly, I, I could have seen that going okay. I could have seen that doing all right. Uh, however, I don't particularly see a 1988 Richard Gere I could, doing no, honestly, too well. I could see Gear. <laughs> yeah, I mean, officer and a gentleman. First I could, night? I could see it. I could see Fuck it. You but drew first I, night. I think why one of the reasons why um, <laughs> first why, night. Why, <laughs> <laughs> why why die hard is uh is so beloved is he does like there is a certain i don't know innocence and vulnerability mm -hmm. uh, it's not like sean connery waltzing onto the set of highlander or um hunt for the red october like he's some of that's coming in through his performance now i love die hard die hard 2 is not really that great i don't think die hard Except. three though with jeremy irons i think i do like die hard goes three. back to the good stuff die that's hard a four? that's a good film in my opinion die the hard rest of the die hards after that i don't really care for they very finally much. get whoa, 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 divorced whoa, whoa, whoa. i mean what, die are, hard what four are you celebrating that movie for great <laughs> timothy orphan is that the one with uh timothy oliphant says the yeah. orphan whatever and it's like the the hackers just so i got the rollout keyboard oh snap justin's <laughs> 
<laughs> What's his last name? I see like Nathan getting a hard on for watching I mean, Swordfish. Uh, oh God, that Jack. is a trade wreck of a movie. That, that's worth watching because it is such and a trade wreck. Because of Halle Berry. I mean, yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. We're, we're, make me feel good. <laughs> oh, cheat! Don't go watch monsters. Yeah, definitely a uh, monsters. Ball. Limit yourself on that. But I, I mean, and I think the chemistry worked well because, uh, you know, he was pretty fresh to movies, uh, John John McClane. And Alan mm-hmm. Rickman, this was his first one. Uh, and he was so nervous that if he yeah. fucked this up, you know, that would be it for him. And and now he's played one of like the all-time greatest movie villains as Hans Gruber. Uh, oh, yeah, very much so. I mean, even even with him being so nervous, you you don't necessarily tell, especially with the scene where he fakes that like, oh, oh, oh God, you're one of them. Don't. Bill Clay. <laughs> Bill Clay. So that entire scene is not, it's like semi-scripted, but most of it is improvised. Right. They're just letting it go. They're just like letting it flow. I thought that it went really, really well. And although it's really neat because when you watch it and you try to like listen real closely, you can kind of still hear the British hiding behind like the, like the faux pas Texan. But I mean, it's still such a fun scene. And I love his facial expression when he's all like, oh, hi, hi, how you doing? I'm, I'm John McClane. And he's just like, like he it's almost like he just goes like ghost white and that face of like, oh, good. Now I know who to kill. <laughs> Sheets and defense to shoot the glass. <laughs> like, I love that moment because none of them, none of them on set are actually speaking any German. That's all dubbed in later. They're speaking <laughs> gibberish to like, each other. What? And that's part of the apps. I think that's well, that's part the, of the, the absolute part hilarity where, uh, of it. Like there's a real big older burly. Uh, terrorist and he's pulling like the trolley of RP rockets and he's, Rocket just, he's just shouting random <laughs> like, German no, and I, I, I really think they should have just gone back. I know the movie came out later on but we'll do some time travel and, and pull the line from uh, Last Crusade I'd have been and just uh, <laughs> Indiana Jones yes, and my, my dad and I actually quote that rocket launcher scene all the time like whenever we're uh, like if we're, hit him again if, if we're like <laughs> hit him again if, if we're oh, looking at something like is out. Yeah, yeah I see him like schnell 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 I have to give it to Alan Rickman, though, because that scene where he jumps down from checking the wiring for the explosives, the moment he jumped down, he landed and Alan Rickman noticed and felt a distinct pop. And he had actually like yeah, broken something in his knee. Vigo Mortensen. Uh, he spent the rest of the rest of the movie on crutches, and when he wasn't, he was standing on one leg, and he had a brace on the other. He had a brace that had to go underneath. Yeah, but I mean, oh my gosh, good for. Yeah, I no, mean, just kudos to him. Kudos to him. But it's it's got great flavor, like the the scene where the the LAPD is trying to to you know attack the front gate, and the uh, the one terrorist who was also in Big Trouble, Little. China is one of the henchmen, the shorter uh, Asian guy with the long hair and the Fu Manchu. And he, you know, he, he puts all of his, so his spare magazines. He gets behind like the the snack bar, puts all his magazines there, makes sure his gun oh is cocked and locked and ready. And then he just sort of glances down, glances down and then and then just surreptitiously <laughs> grabs for the Nestle Crunch bar. It's so hilarious, which he thought of himself, but he actually got permission from the director to do it ahead of time. But he thought of that and he thought it would just be hilarious. This movie Huge diversity, like check. I swear, this movie sets the bar. Oh, oh yeah, no, action no, movie like, tick I mean, marks, le- left get, and right. 
I mean, kind of everyone, maybe not like a, a villainous female, but you get, I mean, good guy, black guy, good guy, two good guy, black guys, one, you know, one bad. You got an Asian. You got, I mean, you are just chicken off these. Yeah, several of them. And I love Ellis when, uh, when Takagi says like, well, Pearl Harbor didn't work out. So we got you with, uh, was it like Walkman? We got you with, <laughs> we, got you with tape oh, we got you with Oh, Jojo. Oh, jo. oh, it's like, oh, shut the God. fuck up, Ellis. <laughs> oh, Ellis. <laughs> oh, you know, I, uh, I was, uh, I was this just making calls find. and, uh, you <laughs> left a little behind there. You, you remember, this is, uh, this is Holly's oh husband, John. The- Holly's cop. <laughs> the Holly's policeman, John. 5-0, one time. I wanted to know exactly, like, how knowledgeable, like, women apparently were about their pregnancy in the 80s. Holly is like, oh, get on out there. It's... It's like 9.45. Go out there and get some champagne. You're making me nervous. I don't know. Do you think the baby can handle a sip? And I'm like, don't get the... No! Don't drink alcohol! That baby could ten bar. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if at, at that point that gal was, like, smoking a cigarette while she asked. Like, you think that a, a sip will hurt? Like, I mean, I don't know. It's, it was the 80s. Come on. Like, I do, she well, dips it in a little you, pile of cocaine before she lights it. That's for you, kid! <laughs> do you think Do you think the baby can... Do you think the baby, baby can just have a, a one hit of blow? It's alright? Is that okay? I do like Hans. I mean, when she goes in there to kind of, like, make the demands and kind of take charge. It's like, well, who put you in charge? You did. After you killed my boss. And he's very, oh. like, he's <laughs> we way need a, cool we need about a couch. stuff. And it's just like, yeah, like, you know, that's reasonable. Like, we'll, we'll do that. You know what? That's a good point. Like, he he doesn't just, like. Well, because he because he knows flat out that it's not going to matter in the end when he blows yeah. the roof and they're all going to die. Blow the roof. Blow the it. Carl's up there. But uh, it's it's got it's got great set pieces. Nakatomi Tower, Fox Plaza itself, is an amazing set piece for that. That the way they did sort of that thirtieth floor gathering area with the the stream and the vegetation, and then which had to be done in uh, in a studio. Yeah, though. But when they go into like the boardroom and they have all the models, yeah, and that's where he says like when when he'd seen the breadth of his empire, and and those are some sweet looking models. But I love that scene where he has Takagi go in first. He's like, my associate has some questions to ask you. More like fill in the blank type stuff. And they're trying to get Takagi to give them the code because that will get them through the first gate of the vault. And Takagi's like, whatever you do, they'll just change it in the morning when wake, when they wake up in Tokyo. And, and the hacker is sitting there and says to Carl, like, told ya. And Carl's like, it's not over yet. Like it's they're they're over. obviously she having a bet, him. and then after he shoots oh, yeah. Takagi, they 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 you know money changes hands. He passed him. He passed him money. I I do like the logic with Hans. He's all like, they'll just change everything in the morning in Tokyo. He's all like, all the more reason why you shouldn't give us or why you can give us the code anyway. Hans is a good negotiator, though. <laughs> even like he even gives when he gives Ellis the chance to like. You know, yeah, like talk him down, go for it. Like he really plays to what he his hand, like what he has. Uh. <laughs> oh yes, that. the negotiator. So, let's get to okay, Ellis. Do you think that Ellis had to die? Did he? Did they he never actually have to? show Ellis's body? Maybe he comes well, back in Die Hard of Six. <laughs> and he's the villain that's been plotting his revenge on McClay this entire time John, because he did take Bobby. a bullet, but he's scarred and disfigured because of it. <laughs> he's got like a bionic eye and, uh, and a bionic nose because his septum is probably burned through at a this point. A huge cocaine dealer. No. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> it's been too long. How's Holly? <laughs> no, but I really think that 
which is kind of weird. So, like, when McLean is talking with Hans and, like, trying to tell him, like, I don't know him. Like, Ellis, they're going to kill you. All these things. Why does he not just say, you know what? Hans, like, you got me. Like, don't kill him. Don't kill him. I'm going to give me five minutes. I'm going to I'm gonna give you the detonators. I'll tell you what floor. Because he's never going to give him the detonators. But, but by time. A cop, you know, like, in negotiation, like, tactics, you buy as much time as you can. Because that gives your other people time to get into position. But at the other- same time, it's it's Ellis. Yes, yes. And, and Ellis deserves to die. Boom. Sorry. I close million dollar deals for breakfast. I, I think what it comes, I think what it comes down to is that Ellis, I can handle this Euro trash. He gandered. Ellis wasted Hans' time. Yes, That's, he I did. think, what it comes he down gandered. to. And he tried to insult, I think he, I think he also tried to insult his intelligence. He lied to Hans. Hans knew that he was lying. But, and he never took the situation serious. No. Like, the, would, he, would they bring them the glass and pour the coke in and he's like, you, eh, you know his eyes. if I do? <laughs> you you know, you know, in his mind, he's all like, I, oh, sorry. When I meant Coke, I meant, no, this is fine. This is okay. <laughs> that is a great little visual gag. But you know what? He probably was just like, well, I mean, if this is my last little drink, like, it bottoms up. Like, who cares? Yeah. I'm going to drink it. brought it. it. <laughs> yeah, but, but what an asshole. Who, and, you know, it was still the 80s. It was 1988. So maybe just like, you know obvious use of cocaine in a public space with lots of people like he's blowing blowing snooters like w- after the terrorists have already arrived like he's just sitting there uh, with the group of hostages just uh, uh, <laughs> what are you doing right, enough of this well i need to figure out who's going to kill us first them or your husband <laughs> it's like his mis misplaced uh intellectual Popeye spinach, like, uh, uh, <laughs> all right, let's go <laughs> deal with this Euro trash. <laughs> I'm all cooked up, and now let's go get those detonators for fucking Hans. Yeah, I don't think Holly's going to be in the background going, oh, Alice, oh, Alice. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought at first that was Huey Lewis. With the cowboy boots? Oh, I got 50 bucks riding on this game. <laughs> and I was, I was like, yes. <laughs> don't take me. <laughs> Where, don't take money. <laughs> don't take me. Where's the news? <laughs> I don't know. I just I saw him and I was like, oh, is that is that Huey Lewis? No, it's not. Never mind. It's the power of C four. I I love the computer guy. I think I think he's funny. I think he's funny through the entire thing. He's making Christmas rhymes and going like he's like twas the night before Christmas and all through the four guys coming around the back all through the house. It's standard two by two cover formation. <laughs> well, you obviously didn't hire me for my charming personality. I wish they I wish they would have showed more detail of him like hacking through the cu- security Actually, system. Mainframe enhance enhance. Oh, I thought like <laughs> would you like to to play thermonuclear like warfare Sam jackson Enhance. like you know with a little cigarette kind of just bouncing access main computer frame access ah 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 you didn't say the magic word see i killed a terrorist or i killed nobody a hostage cares. Nice nobody, cares. nobody cares nobody cares uh, nobody cares <laughs> Well, uh, we we have a uh, a second occurrence, not only from Hunt for Red October, but also in Die Hard. Obviously, Die Hard, you know. But uh, we have we have uh, Rick uh, Dukumen playing. Yeah, I was right. Walt. The utility he man. He has the most hilarious names for his character. I mean, obviously, in Hunt for Red October, he's like pilot operator, whatever. But he's Walt in this movie. He's Art in the Burbs, and I'm like, you just you. No one takes you seriously enough. Shut it down. Shut it down. Yeah, no, now. this is this is Walt. No, no, no. Shut it down. Shut Did it down. anyone have like a huge problem though with police tactics? Like the okay, so like 
None of them. I'm not familiar with police. <laughs> so none of them have helmets. None of them have. You're not skilled in the arts of warfare war. and military. Well, here's the tactics. thing. Now, understand, like these are just like street cops. That like there's no like there's not like a they SWAT team. They, now yes, the, there's the SWAT. There's the SWAT I mean. team that goes up to but the like, building when, and not when, in like, the streets. When like running up and the one guy who doesn't even have like gloves like goes ow. Like against, I'm like, wait, why is this even in here? The rosebush? Like, why is this? Is this part of the $25 million? Is this part of it? Which, P.S., if that's really what the budget was, more people need to be doing the budget. The budget yeah, was the budget was a uh, 38, 38 million. OK, but 38 million. They, they all, and they, they do a good job of showing the, the duality amazing. where the the, you know, the the sheriff on beat patrol out or not sheriff, the uh, Al sergeant uh, Al Powell on beat beat patrol uh, is more knowledgeable than the, you know, deputy director or not deputy director, but you know, whatever. Uh, Paul Gleason, who is just comes on and he's just arrogant and incompetent the Incredibly. entire way through, and they they keep on telling him like, "Don't come in here." Like they have like M sixty machine guns and they have rocket RPGs. launchers. Like, and, yeah, none of this don't. is a good idea. I mean, granted, I can call him you know Sergeant Al Powell, but I'm just going to call him Carl Winslow, a deputy police chief. Yeah. <laughs> so like Carl Winslow, he goes in the belt, but he gives up quite easily as he's like walking to the back and he's like can i look around yeah knock yourself out he gets like 20 feet down the hall and he's like oh forget this but maybe that was his his intuition is cop punch because there was the guy waiting for him just five feet away with a cocked machine gun possibly i mean i do like the fact that he is the anchor for john mcclain throughout this entire thing and and their dialogue is the best it it calms down the action a little bit because you can't be running and gunning the entire time and they have these great little conversations while they're on the radio it's you know and like his feet when he gets torn up and bloodied and he's like sitting there smoking and we're like oh god what's wrong roy just try to fire down a thousand year old twinkie like there's just great dialogue in there i i mean just like the the heartbreak even when he asked him like why are you no longer like out on out on patrol really like why are you a desk jockey and he tells him he's like well man i i shot a kid and i mean as as serious as that is for his own character my brain immediately made it funny and i'm all like he shot urkel he finally shot steve and that's (laughs) why (laughs) but that like is a nice little bit of foreshadowing or even a MacGuffin because at the end of the movie is all right. already amazing when they come out like and she punches the reporter and then holy shit all of a sudden Carl goes throwing back the tarp and he's still holding his freaking yep. AUG machine gun and he overcomes his his limitation where he he can draw but he or he, he can't draw on anybody after he killed the kid and yep. he takes him down too sweet that that just adds like it's a cherry on top for the ending i think it was "Ah!" was five he put five shots into him Mm -hmm. oh it it, it is and that that for me is probably not in like it's definitely like the top three moments of that film for me it's just it's such a satisfying visual obviously for him to overcome his fear it's personal growth for him as a cop and i mean i mean he doesn't really even reprise his role when does he reprise his role again as that cop Family Matters? It's not a... No, no, no. It's in another movie. (laughs) (laughs) It's the big love of the family. Sorry, okay. That show is amazing, and no one else can say anything about it. He reprises his role as Al Powell, and I can't remember what movie it's in. I'll have to look that up. Either way. Even now, after seeing it, 
you know, several dozen times, I feel like, over the years, uh, it still gets me. And I'm sure for the first time viewer, it's like, oh, like he's Sergeant Al Powell's back in the game. <laughs> you know what it is? It's that moment. It's the same kind of correlation moment as Monster Squad when it's finally like, hey, Fab Guy, my name is Horus. <laughs> that's the it's the same feeling that you can get from that, because for the joke that he was buying all the Twinkies for years, people would like send him Twinkies, give him Twinkies or throw Twinkies at him while he was in his car. I mean, there's why do you have this 10 year old Twinkie in your in your glove box, Jack, <laughs> just in case I see Reginald L. Johnson drive by. <laughs> yeah, that is that is something that like you like purposely plan. Like, I swear to God, if I ever see him, got his name on it. Did you know that the Fox Tower actually charged the studio to film inside? They charged themselves. Oh. Yeah, not not one bit. Like the, I'm not like surprised. The I mean, despite the fact that the you know the Fox Star Hollywood accounting folks, right? And it was still it was still under under construction. So the scenes where like the the floors look obviously unfinished are truly unfinished floors that he was already on. Yeah, but the you know the Nakatomi Tower, it's got like the the outline of the samurai helmet as like their their sigil. Yep. One of my favorite parts is when they finally crack the vault and it opens up. Oh, like, man, I just want to spend like five or ten minutes just walking around that there's vault the looking at the armor. painting. I like the, the no-name the statue. I want to know what that painting was because they, they pan on that painting the for no half a second. I want like, to know what that was. that just goes like, bing. Like, I love that little part. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be sitting on a beach earning 20%. 20%. That, so, okay, the... Um, the special agent uh, Johnson, Big Johnson, not Little Johnson, n- no relation. Big Johnson, no, not oh, that big, Johnson. Big the Johnson, other Johnson. Yeah. Uh, his he's name is Robert Davi. Yep, and he's 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 sort of like that's a very distinctive look he has because he's got the acne scar. He's in the Goonies. Of other things. Oh yeah, yeah I mean just just as that's past, right. <laughs> right. He was he one is, of the uh, the yep. what was the family's name? The um, uh, the i just i just watched him this past this this last weekend uh because i i did like a, a triple feature of um maniac cop the uh like horror movie of like a cop who is thought to be dead but comes back and he is in he's in that series and he, he plays he plays a good role he's in uh he's been in predator 2 <laughs> showgirls uh license to kill he's in expendables uh, yeah. he's he plays a, lo- he plays a, a good cop he plays a good cop not in this no. one. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, I mean, like he, but like he, he fits the, he fits the, the depiction of like what a cop could look like. You know what I mean? There's just some people who it looks right when they're cast as that. <laughs> Woo! This feels like just, just like I Saigon. Was <laughs> I was in the junior high, Hi, dickhead. Uh. <laughs> they're going to be expecting help, but not but bullets. That's all part of the plan. They need the LAPD to show up. They need to put on a show of force. They need the FBI to come in and follow the procedure book and cut the power so they can get that last lock that's an electromagnetic lock to sh- to, to open up. So, again, it's a great little little planning on Gruber's part. It, that's great plotting by the writers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very much so. Are we glad that um Big, Big Johnson and the Little Johnson, the Little Johnson was not John C. McGinley? <laughs> And uh, he was in Platoon, which was like a year beforehand. (laughs) Somebody call somebody. And he's in seven. 
and he's in The Rock. Like he he for some reason he gets cast as these like. So well, yes, well, okay, no, I can see not, him. This, okay, what? let's let's be very you. very fair. I can <laughs> I can see John C. McGinley playing some type of like rough you know, a SWAT team cop or even like a tough soldier. Get far, too old for this shit. Far more than French Stewart in Stargate. In, Let's be very fair. He's in... <laughs> I do no, love Stargate, in, um, but you are you are correct about French Stewart. But that was the third Point rock from the sun era. <laughs> he was in Point Break as like the, the tough cop that's like, you know, you talk, yeah, get but, in I here. Mean, he was probably just getting started in in Hollywood and nobody knew that he could be like the mouthiest motherfucker on the block. True. And true, then true. Scrubs. Uh, Eagle. Scrubs. <laughs> Brown bear. What, so Bonnie B- B- Bedelia? Yeah. Bedelia. Holly um, Gennaro. Kind of. Holly it's Mrs. McLean. It's, it's crazy. She's She's done a ton of stuff. Which Gennaro is spelled like two ways in the film. Oh, weird. But she's like one of those like I'm gonna just do TV movies and I'm going to support a family and I'm good. Like I don't need to do anything crazy. I like acting, but I'm not you know the heartthrob. Anybody else kind of annoyed when John McClane walks into Nakatomi Tower and the security card says, "Oh, like you just use like the the touch screen." So he looks for her under McLean. She's not there. And then he finds her under Holly Gennaro. So he selects Gennaro and it tells him, you know, go this way. 30th floor. And that's when the security guard's like, They're the only one. oh, yeah, 30th floor. <laughs> They're the only people left in the building for the party. And it's like, well, you could have fucking told we, him. Like, she's no, no, not going to no. be Please use the touch like, screen. upstairs welding fucking ducks or something. Sir, like, we spent 40 grand on that touch screen. Please use the touch screen. <laughs> Listen, don't give any helpful advice to the people that come in. Make them use the touch screen. But I know, first. I know everyone that comes in. Don't help them. He's not even impressed by the touch screen because, I mean, when he like, you know, he says like, "Oh, just sign in here," and he's like, eh, hmm, "Nice toy, yeah, cute toy." So that's actually one of the moments when her last name is spelled differently on the screen. When he looks for it, it's spelled one way. When he touches it, it immediately changes to a different spelling. It goes like Gennaro with an A to a Gennaro with an E. And we, you know, it's kind of a double celebration, Drew. We just closed a big deal today, and Holly was a big part of it. Go ahead, show him the watch. Him yeah, yeah, it's a Rolex. I'll see it later. <laughs> Booby. <laughs> Booby. Fists with your toes. And I love how that's the reason he doesn't have his shoes on, because some asshole on the plate told him, wherever you're going, just take off your shoes and socks and on the carpet make fists with your and toes. And he does have that moment where he listens to the guy and he tries and he's like, son of a bitch. <laughs> and, and when they shoot John McClane, you know, running with bare feet over the glass, he's got like almost like hobbit yeah, feet. Yeah, he's got like, he's got um, fake feet shoes. <laughs> so if you pay attention to other people's feet, which I know there's a certain sect of the population that does, you filthy people. Uh, they, they do look very oversized and kind of oblong. What if Ellis didn't die and ellis was like the sam to he's like holly said to not leave you and i don't mean oh, to Jesus. i don't mean to i made a promise mr mclean a promise holly Gennaro <laughs> with roses in her hair right about this time they'd have the fresh coke and strawberries <laughs> oh ellis we are both professionals. 
This is personal. uh, (laughs) Alan Rickman's uh, knee injury wasn't the only onset injury. The scene where um, they come down to the boardroom after John, after he throws the body out the window, which I do love, like... Al Pal walking back to his car. Let it snow, let it snow. I need backup. Bring it now. Bring it now. Hey, Lincoln 30 to dispatch. Yeah, that's a wild goose chase over here at Nakatomi Plaza. Everything here is okay. Over. But nobody has me let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Dear God, everything is a crime! Welcome to the party, pal! <laughs> but, but they sent down uh, some goons after John McClane, and there's the one, it's like, was it like Marco or, or so he's like, oh, pa, pa, pa. If, you, if you're going to kill somebody, don't hesitate. You just kill him. And he's sitting under the table with his gun on his sternum, and he just shoots up and kills the guy. But those were blanks in the gun. And Bruce Willis has, to this day, tinnitus yep. because of that scene of shooting the gun so close to his face. I think, I think he lost like a third of his hearing with... Uh- which is good because I hear he's kind of a dick. <laughs> well, I mean, Kevin Smith directed him in like that buddy cop mil- film with. Um, oh, um, was a Stifler? Oh no, no. Oh, I thought you meant um, Shawn Michael Scott or <sighs> what's what, what's the one he the guy from Goon? No, no, no. I know who you're is talking that the about. One where, like um, he like was like they were like making fun of him because they were making fun of Bruce Willis because he was like phoning it in basically the whole time. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. And and Kevin Smith yeah, describes the, the entire production as soul crushing because of Bruce Willis's attitude you get- uh, throughout the entire. Endeavor. What's the movie with Tracy Morgan that he's in? Is that is that, that's not the same one? Is it? Could be. I'll look it up. You guys talk about something. I'm, I'm bad with like titles. Bruce Willis. I think has fallen off hard. Besides, besides, oh, yeah, Glass he has. And Split, he has. I like, agree. You know, like, I agree. Things like that. He's he just no, no. It's it's bad. It's bad, Nathan. I just I just watched a movie called Trauma Center with him, and it is GI Joe horrible. Retaliation. Which P.S. Uh, or not not Retaliation. Yeah, Retaliation. Yeah. I'll be honest with you guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna bear a little bit of my soul. The first one. Uh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Cop out. And it is with it is. Uh, Tracy okay, so Morgan. Then I was okay. That was thinking the right. That's that's the uh, the Kevin okay. Smith. Cop yeah, that movie. one. That was yeah, go ahead. So I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I actually went to the midnight showing of. I'm gonna let Jack. I'm gonna let you finish that drink before you. <laughs> of course I, you did. <laughs> I went to the midnight showing of GI Joe, the first one. No. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. No. No, 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 hell no, 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 I refuse, no, no. <laughs> I know. I've, Nathan, I've, I'm a midnight, I'm a midnight it. premiere, I'm a midnight premiere junkie, and I would not go to that shit, sorry. Listen, I fucking love G.I. Joe's, okay? Listen, I, listen, Linda, listen. <laughs> Losing sleep, midnight show of G.I. Joe. I'm gonna go with not losing sleep. <laughs> yeah, it was it was regrettable. 
about the first 10 minutes in, I was like, <laughs> fuck. They're like, oh, I paid money for this. They they paid money for this. They made this. This is garbage. So the first one, train wreck. Second one had some redeeming qualities. However. The second one had snake eyes. Of course it had redeeming qualities. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> But they really should have had Al Rickman play. What's the same? At least. Cobra. Bruce Willis as Joe Colton is just like so. Uh, it's it's not that great. Anyways. Anyways. I think if we're going late game, if we're going late game, Bruce Willis, that actually still kind of like resonates as being somewhat good. But I'll tell you right now, John Malkovich steals it. I love Red. Red's good fun. I think Looper mm. at least had some some interesting aspects to it. However, I, part of that is just because I I love J- Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Sumi, I like him. I think he's awesome. No, 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 no. that's fine. That's fine. Looper's. I, I find Looper to be okay. I don't think it's amazing. I know people who absolutely like adore the film, but I'm ambivalent towards okay. Looper. But I can't think of anything that Bruce Willis has done. <laughs> In the past 10 years that has caused me to reconsider, reconsider my yeah, thoughts about him. It's, he doesn't, he doesn't put forth much that you're like, ooh. But then again, Alan Rickman went on to do movies that are beloved to me. The Professor Snape. No oh one. My God. No if, one else could do it. If they're like, besides Interstellar, if I really feel like I need to cry, I'll put on uh, the Harry Potter. No, episode seven. The uh, what's the last one called? Drew? The Deathly the, Hollows. The Deathly Hollows Part Two. When he, Harry yeah. finally gets the take it, take it, and he gets the memory and he puts it in the pansy. That gets me every single time, every single time. And then he's also in Drew and I. I know Nathan hates it, but Love Actually, oh. not not oh, his oh, best yeah. rule, yourself, but Nathan. still, it's it's no, yeah, go screw Love yourself. Actually. <laughs> Love Actually. Oh, I love actually <laughs> the dodgy <laughs> She's got kind of a fat bottom. Hey, uh, fat? Well, uh, did, you, <laughs> did you watch? Did you watch the remake of Death Wish with Bruce Willis? No. Mm-mm. See, I, I don't see a point yeah. to that. I mean, the first Death Wish, <laughs> Wish was pretty messed up, and they made like five or six of them with harmonica. <laughs> I don't feel the need to watch that again. I don't think there's anything that Bruce Willis is going to add to that story. Unless you just want like a mindless revenge adventure, then yeah, sure. Reboot Death Wish. Do you want to know the beginning of the last 10 years, that the first movie that is in the last decade that Bruce Willis oh, started please, with? Enlighten. In 2010? Oh, Cop Out. That, there you go. Soul crushing <laughs> performance. Cop Out was Cop Out was the beginning of the downfall. <laughs> Alan Rickman also does Robin Hood, which I think that is just even uh, though like the movie's not a great movie oh, well like yeah. i love it i Dude, i mean robin hood you, galaxy quest you, 11 bring, <laughs> bring a friend <laughs> Hitch- hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy come on see and that thank you for dogma thank you for yeah. mentioning dogma was it the the unofficial star trek movie the that the grammar the, the hammer yep. grab yeah, galaxy quest i grab thor's hammer <laughs> i shall you shall mm. be avenged he does such a good part in that too god alan rickman <laughs> and you, no, no. you too soon gone too soon and, and this this mm. is the seed it, it is it is it is and then carl the uh the, the defecting russian ballet dancer died of, in 1995 of alcoholism oh. so there's a little feel-good <laughs> fact for you that's feel sure. good. <laughs> oh. No, oh, no, should we drink less facetious <laughs> probably probably segment segments
Still awful. It's so bad. Still going to be awful. <laughs> Still got it. <laughs> I think now it's just a running gag. <laughs> All right. Segment number one. Sugared rich flour, partially hydrogenated vegetable oil, polysorbate 60, and yellow dye number five. Everything a growing boy needs. What guilty pastry or sweet was your go-to favorite as a kid? Do you still hold a candle for it? And if not, what has replaced it? Uh, I will go first. The good old blue gummy sharks are the sweet that I I went apeshit for. I loved the blue gummy sharks. I remember the first time they were a gummy shark kind of a guy, huh? Were they like the the blue and white ones? Yes, 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 yes. Okay. <laughs> so the <laughs> I'm first on board. The first I time I ever went down to my cousins and uh, down in Santa Clarita, and they took me to the sweet factory, which I thought was like super high class. I swear to God, because at the time it kind of was like, let's be real, like candy was fucking expensive, like you know, and some some candy is still expensive. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But but here's a place where literally I could get nothing but blue, like just bag it blue sharks if I wanted. I'm like, (laughs) are you kidding me? They're like, listen. You can only do X amount when the the number reads this. I'm like, okay, okay. How many blue sharks do I get? How many do I get? (laughs) Did you you just have like a cargo pocket full of blue sharks? (laughs) And if it was a hot day, they'd kind of like meld together. You'd have to kind of rip off like a tail or a head or something. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. But I would, and I paired that very well with Welch's grape soda. Oh. Boom. Gross. Ugh. The childhood. Mm -hmm. Go, Drew. Top that. I don't know if I'm going to top it, but I mean, like, I just, I just don't like grape soda. Top and lock. So, top and lock. So, okay. So as a kid, I was very much a fan of Little Debbie fudge brownies. All right. They were, they were like the go-to snack when I was in elementary school (laughs) and junior high. And they only cost like 50 cents. And so like I would try to like scrounge up change every day so I could have like a little, you know, a little Debbie's fudge brownie. What you Oftentimes, got there, Drew? <laughs> fudge brownie, motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I like about these little Debbies? They're cheap. <laughs> <laughs> they are li- so good, though. Oh, my God. <laughs> me liking them so much would often lead me to an very very shameful to admit like go begging people like for a quarter or two so i (laughs) could get my fucking brownie i would and this is looking back i'm like god you this is cash this is so fucking bad of you drew this is this is why this is happening i would wait by the snack bar window for like one of my friends that i knew always had extra cash and they would go buy their snacks and they'd be all like Hey, do you want to do you want to buy me a brownie? Andy Dufresne was waiting by the snack counter, Jeez. hoping for a spare change. So little little Debbie like fudge brownies were like a treat when I was a kid. However, if I if I didn't get anything like at school or whatever, I knew that I could also always get some stuff at home. My dad was like notorious for hiding his little snacks all around the house, mainly in the garage, which he still does to this day. And he would always have like Hostess Duncan sticks. The uh, the like the little mini glazed uh, bar donut okay. things. Oh, those those are those were also little Debbie quite the also treat, had but... that was it the Nutty Buddies. Oh, oh yeah yeah, yippee ki yay motherfucker! Woo! <laughs> 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 yum yum. 
so many people like growing up were all like, oh, I love snowballs. And I'm like, I love that they make fun of snowballs in Zombieland where he's like, snowball. Nobody eats snowballs. I wanted a Twinkie. So for me, if there was a box of uh hostess ho-hos the swiss the chocolate covered swiss rolls with the chocolate cake and the swirl of the the cream yep yep, yep. i could do very big damage to myself <laughs> and i had a method of eating them where i would get Uh-oh. the ho-ho out oh, and then i would crack all the chocolate with my fingers on the outside and remove the little shards of chocolate so it was just the cake and the cream left over. And then that was like, that's what I'm going in for that. These days, though, rather than a ho-ho, uh, a good cheese Danish, I just mm. like, I find rather appealing. I've started to make them. Or there's uh, the one gas station, Sully's, that uh, yep. gets Smith Bakery stuff. And it's mm-hmm. like, I always yep. eyeball when I walk in like, got any cheese Danishes in this motherfucker? No, not today. <sighs> All right. As far as sweets, though. Rolos, I would die for as a kid uh, because they just lasted so long. Like once you yeah. got through the chocolate and you got into the caramel, like you've got a mouthful of clock for at least five or ten minutes. Yeah, no, I get you. But uh, the Nestle Crunch Bar is wow. still my my go to. I like huh. the 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 crunch and the the chocolate, and then M and M's. Anna makes fun of me because I will buy a package of plain M and M's and I put them in the freezer for a few okay. hours. I'm just I know. And then wrong have that. have cold M and M's and she thinks I, I'm a basic that's bitch. That's more of what I was. I was agreeing I, with Anna of just like really like you're buy any candy and like this is the one you go with is just plain ass Trisket M and M's. Like cool. I like what I like. Not no. Not even, oh. I think I think you're fine with that. Thinking, I was going to say, like, thinking of your, you know, kind of like little down down memory lane of the candy, I, I immediately remembered also as well, the uh, the the apple fruit pies. Yes. The blackberry. Dude. Not really. Okay, blackberry they, they really was good, did much but, for me. Oh, man. I, I, I loved, I, I always loved those. And you know what it was? It wasn't even the filling. It was just like the flaky glazed crust. It was all of it, Drew. All of it. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't you lie to don't, us. Don't you cheapen this. <laughs> uh, all right. So segment number two. They're shooting out the lights. We've all been Officer Pal during one time or another during our lives. Tell me about a time when the powers that be were so clueless that you could only watch and remark in resigned exasperation i'll take this one so i i used to do like an event at uh you know the local college and it was it was called extra life and i would run uh D. I remember one year that someone had had like taken directional signs that they had posted up for various events and rooms and stuff and you know like you know walk this way here are where the rooms are and stuff like that Talk so someone, this way yeah <laughs> So someone had taken the directional signs, someone had taken like the room assignments and all that and did whatever with them. But they were just like standing around going like, what do we what do we do for like a half hour? And people were trying desperately to like find out where certain rooms were and which building it was like on the college campus. Like, where do they go to? And it, it just seemed like pure chaos for like the first Anarchy! half hour of the event. I knew it was and like no one knew what to do. And people were <laughs> Free, free for asking, like, where, we, where do we go? And they're like, stay in your rooms. Just just stay in your rooms. They'll come to you. All hail Denethor, <laughs> son of a Italian. 
My son is dead. My line is ended. Uh, so for me, um, one of my college jobs, I worked at a place called Harrigan's Tavern. I started out as a waiter, but the attractive female waitresses out-earned me in tips by like a three-to-one ratio. So I figured out I could get more money by being a oh, line I was, cook. I was waiting for so Jack I went back to say, there by showing my dick. <laughs> I, yeah, just, so just walk around my apron on, just dick out, just like... I also bought a skirt. <laughs> <laughs> wiggle, wiggle. But, uh... <laughs> I mean, this was a place where its only claim to fame was good burgers. Uh, they had the meat brought in fresh from a local butcher, but everything else was shit. Like the frozen chicken tenders, frozen mozzarella sticks, frozen pizza dough. Like this, this is the p- inside of this place looked like a TGI Fridays covered in like 20 years of smoke grime. Like oh. it had all the stuff up on the walls. It even had a bear in, in the corner by the jukebox that had like Mardi Gras beads on it. But for some reason, the head, or the the person, like the son-in-law that ran the kitchen, kept on trying to put on these hoity-toity uh, weekend specials. So it would be like one weekend, it would be like pork ribs. Well, nobody's coming to or this bar ribs. for ribs. Like if you want ribs, like there are places that do those in town as like a speciality. Or one weekend, it was prime rib. Nobody... Like, the people, the amount of money you're charging for the prime rib, you could get the two large pizzas and a pitcher of beer for the same price. Like, nobody is getting the prime rib here. One was Maryland-style crab cakes. We're in southwest Ohio. (laughs) The nearest large body of water is Lake Erie. Nobody in Ohio, unless they travel to a coast, is going to be, yes, let's get questionable crab cakes from this bar (laughs) so he kept on pressuring the employees like you know push the prime rib push the crab cakes and it's like man our number one seller is fried mozzarella cheese sticks nobody's buying the crab cakes and the prime rib like and this stuff just sat and just almost too bad to even make jambalaya (laughs) exactly but it's just like man like know your audience like if you want to do something like maybe get raw chicken tenders and dredge it and then fry and do like actual fresh fried chicken tenders than just uh, having us pour frozen shit into a bag that we reheat like it, it seems like simple fixes but i don't know i always shook my head at that so mine was with raft guiding raft guiding was notorious for you would either have notorious you would either have really good <laughs> trip leaders that knew what to do, we're very good at... I would hope they'd know what to well, do. Well, <laughs> you would think, Drew, but um, there was plenty of times where trip leaders were either left to the kind of, like, well, this is what we have, and, uh, like, who's the most experienced, who can take, like, the worst raft down, and, and there was a couple of times I would get stuck with either the boat that, like, was a lot of... Like Debbie Downers, 
like the people that I'm like, why are you here? Why are you rafting? You know, or, because I was lively and I'm like, hey, like you guys ready to have some fun? You know, like I, I try to. Were you trying to be like the Jungle Cruise I, oh, guy? I like Drew, I was going. the Jungle Cruise, a motherfucker. <laughs> a Nathan, I could see you like just totally being uh, portrayed as Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> all right, all like, right. Coming up there like, you ready to go down this river? All right, let's go with some safety tips. You look pretty good. All right, all right, This little maneuver is right. going to cost us 51 years. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one thing I like about rafters. They keep getting younger and I keep staying the same. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> so the one in particular moment that I knew, like, my trip leader does not know what they're doing. They, they put... We had t- I had ten kids in my raft. I had one of the largest boats, but I had ten kids and one other adult. So I was mm. just a floating mass of weight because I had just all these paddles and bodies and no power. So I am like what they call R oneing, where it's like where you raft, but it's just you paddling, like you're just one raft. And so I'm just getting my workout in, uh-huh. trying to position this boat down a river at the mercy of you know eight thousand cfs of water, and these kids are screaming because we've reached ludicrous <laughs> speed, we can't stop. But anyways, so we finally make it <laughs> down, and I just kind of look at my my trip leader, and I'm like, hey man. Never, ever do that again. Like, that was too much. That was too much liability. Like, come on. Oh, you just knew once you kind of, like, got in the mix. When people above you don't know what the hell they're doing, you're just kind of at the mercy of the river. So They're shooting out the lights. They're shooting out the lights. <laughs> so, uh, I'll go first on the next one. This is my favorite segment of the night. Nathan from Earth KZ85B. <laughs> so for for listeners at home, uh, Nathan bears a a I wouldn't say startling, but a near resemblance to Ellis, the uh, resident executive cokehead from Die Hard. Uh, he's got the beard, he's got the eyes, he's got the height for it. Uh, every time Anne and I watch the movie, she's like, "That's that's Nathan." But in a Rick and Morty type universe where there's multitude of possible outcomes or, or versions of yourself. Have you seen a likeness of yourself in a movie character? And then the bonus response is, have you seen a fellow co-host embodied in another film character? So for myself, it's easy to go first because I've already given you Nathan, uh, who is Ellis. For Drew, I'd, I'd go with Samwise Gamgee. I made a promise, Mr. Frodo. A promise. Don't you leave him, Samwise Gamgee. And I don't mean to. I don't mean to. Oh, Sam. Your kindness and thoughtfulness, uh, uh, and, and you would probably pack a little season in case we happened upon some roast chicken. I probably would. For myself, I would say I always saw a little bit of similarities with uh, Commander William Riker. Eternity never looked so lovely. Excuse me? I was referring... To the view, eternity never looked so lovely. You must be Commander Riker. Uh, I have got the height where I could do the step over and sit down of the low chair. I don't have the beard now. I have the, I've got the mustache, but I had it for a while. And, and we're of the same height. And I always saw a little bit of, of myself in Commander Riker. 
Will. For um, <laughs> for me, I the, the character, I mean, obviously we could go with Ellis, but I, I always found myself resembling Zachary Levi from Chuck. Uh, look, we'll be back up and running in five minutes. Five minutes? Do you know what five minutes means in buy more dollars? I didn't realize we had our own currency. Look, I'm sorry about all the commotion. You're not stock boys anymore, Chuck. We are leaders. Buy more leaders. And you wonder why Big Mike wants me for assistant manager. Well, uh, there's an open position. Big Mike didn't tell me about that. And why should he? He knows you won't leave the comfort of the herd. In the, in more like the emotional, like always kind of like the, the kind of the geeky friend to, to Morgan, always having that really good connection with like a best friend. I, I just, I was like, oh, like I, I see myself in him often when I watch that show. I love that show, even though, yeah, it is. I've, it is. I've never seen Chuck. It's, I want to say it's good. It's decent. It's a lot of the same, but it gives you just enough to kind of keep going to the next season. You're like, okay. Ooh, this kind of got interesting. But then kind of mid-season, you're like, yeah, it's a lot of the same. A lot of the same. Like, let's let's keep it going. <laughs> Jack, for you, um, I don't know if you've ever watched the show Catastrophe, but whenever I watch it, Rob Delaney's character of Rob Norris is you. If, like, it just his his wittiness, his comeback sometimes, I just go, <laughs> that's so Jack. Like, <laughs> it's just... This is crazy. I don't want to talk about it in front of Melissa. Okay. Melissa, could you give us a minute? And don't call me as a character witness in your sexual harassment trial, because I don't feel I could be very helpful right now. Uh, Melissa, just to get you up to speed here, there's no trial. Don't talk to Melissa. Okay. I see you're not interested in insane dialogue, so I'm going to go, but we at least need to arrange a time where I can... You can email me. Okay. Uh, so w- Just when... email me. Okay. Is your email address still impatient shithead at mean dot jerk? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Just his, like, his attitude when, like, someone is rude to him. He's like, ah, jeez, fuck <laughs> off. Like, it's, it is, I hope that you can maybe watch a trailer or something like that and just kind of see him because it is just, that is just. And you said jack. Rob Delaney. Rob Delaney. I, I'm yeah. familiar with him. I'll have to look that up. Drew, ever since you mentioned Jack Black in the holiday. <laughs> Have you seen this? <gasps> Chariots of Fire loved it. Cling, 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 cling. Such a great score by Vangelis. He took electronic scores to a new level. It was groundbreaking. I'm going to test you on this later. Okay, driving Miss Daisy. Hans, very unexpected. Do you remember how great it was? Is this a bad game? No. Keep going. Sometimes I get self-conscious about my and scrattle Are you embarrassed by this game I've started to play? Okay. I cannot see anything other than like I'm like that's Drew like like just <laughs> just a little like piano playing like <laughs> and I will I will take it <laughs> that's you but the night so. that Laura's dad died <laughs> so yeah okay 
And that's that's kind of like with me, where if I if I were to ever like see myself in like personality, especially for a character, and I guess like somewhat with looks, very much Jack Black, and more <laughs> importantly, Jack Black in the holiday, because even when that was brought to my attention, and I watch it, and I'm all like, oh, okay. Okay, I can I can handle it. I've also been told that like personality wise and kind of like comedic timing, but also I guess like with the like sensitivity factor, like there's a little bit of John Candy. You want to hurt me? Go right ahead if it makes you feel any better. I'm an easy target. Yeah, you're right. I talk too much. I also listen too much. I could be a cold-hearted cynic like you. But I don't like to hurt people's feelings. Well, you think what you want about me. I'm not changing. I like, I like me. My wife likes me. My customers like me. Because I'm the real article. What you see is what you get. I could see that. As, as for Nathan, I, I see Nathan as like a bearded Paul Rudd. I, I... I can see that. And, and, and I more so it's like Paul Rudd in, in role models. Taste the beast. (laughs) (laughs) I like that movie. Good morning. Can I take your order? Can I get a tall chai? A large black coffee. A what? Large black coffee. Do you mean a venti? No, I mean a large. He means a venti. Yeah. The biggest one you got. Venti is large. No, venti is 20. Danny. Yeah. Large is large. In fact, tall is large, and grande is Spanish for large. Venti's the only one that doesn't mean large. It's also the only one that's Italian. Congratulations, you're stupid in three languages. Oh, that movie's hilarious. I I really do like that movie. (laughs) Yeah. And one show that I have not watched in its entirety, but when it was brought to my attention, it was, I think, right around the time when I started to get getting to know Jack. And it it didn't really become apparent to me until Jack grew his mustache. And without a doubt, Jack is Ron Swanson. I am starving. I haven't had lunch since yesterday, so I'm going to head over to Callahan's. Oh, no, no, no. Don't go there. They totally skimp on pickles. Let me go to Big Head Joe's for you. They have the most insane burritos. I don't much go for ethnic food. No, 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 trust me. They have one that's called the Meat Tornado. Literally killed a guy last year. You had me at Meat Tornado. From, <laughs> from yep. Parks and Rec. <laughs> I think you could pull off a Ron Swanson like cosplay very easily. <laughs> so when I get sick, I just grab for the bottle of bourbon. <laughs> It's like they have this huge breakfast. I mean, you get you get, you know, hash browns, eggs, potatoes, bacon. Um, Oh, you had me at bacon. It's like that was the But when Ron Swanson goes to the strip club that has the breakfast bar, that is me at a breakfast bar, like flipping pancakes on there. The high pour with the sausage gravy. (laughs) Yeah, no, you are. You are Ron Swanson. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. So, uh, what would you guys rate this uh, this film, this movie? True. So, I'm going to give this movie the, an, enough syllables to actually utter the famous line, yippee ki yay motherfucker. There it Five is. out of five. <laughs> I would make sure that 
out of all the terrorists that <laughs> that we see in the film, I think there's <laughs> there's 12. I would give it 10 out of 12. Two of the terrorists would survive. I think that it is just a knockout film, which I guess you could say. No, we'll go 11 out of 12 because 10 out of 12 would just be reduced down. So that doesn't that doesn't mathematically make what? sense. So 11 out of 12 <laughs> terrorists. <laughs> so... Cop movies are a dime a dozen, uh, but this is one of the defining classics. Uh, Nakatomi Tower, also the real-life Fox Plaza, is 34 stories. Uh, so I will give this a, uh, a 31 out of uh, 34. Blow the roof off it is a blast. of it fun. Uh, it's not quite perfect, but damn, it is a good ride. And it's, it's something that I do yeah. watch at least once a year uh, around Christmas. This makes that list easily. Yeah, it's it's just good. And I mean, five out of five for me is not only like just the movie, but it's also going to take into account the idea that it's giving Alan Rickman his start. It's kind of like springboarding Bruce Willis's career into action films. And I don't know, it it, it just highlights so much fun aspects of action. The one liners. And you, you, got, you, got, you got Carl. You got Carl Winslow. <laughs> How can you not love it? I shot a kid. Patreon. So we have a uh, mm. Patreon exclusive for mm. this evening. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit pricey. It's even more pricey than our previous one. Uh, this is the Die Hard Escape Room and Paintball Experience. Well, now. For $2 billion, okay. we will purchase Fox Plaza at hopefully its valued worth of $1.5 billion. With the lever leftover cash, we will return it to its former Nakatomi Tower glory. Then we will put on an escape room slash paintball experience of a lifetime. Your guide for this experience is Real Feel's own host, Nathan, reprising his iconic role as the cocksure and coked out Harry Ellis. <laughs> One side takes the side as Team Gruber. The other si the other team is uh, Team McLean. You'll fight it out amongst the floors where secret vent passages and slides can quickly take you on flanking routes past your enemy. Afterwards, everyone has a couple of beers and switches sides. For premium, you can relax in Nathan's executive bathroom and enjoy all the comforts he provides. <laughs> so grab your guns and get ready to yippee Kaye, but please respect man management's wishes. And for everyone's safety, don't shoot the glass. That's awesome. Oh, my God. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, so what have you guys been watching? Uh, anything new? Anything good? It's definitely been new because uh, as Epic Film Guys has finished, they finished their uh, 31 Days of Horror. It has now transpired into Never Seen November. So interesting. So interesting. with Never Seen November, I, I currently have a list of 10 films. It was the uh, the Creep Show animated special, the Borat film Swallow. I watched His House on Netflix, uh, the Maniac Cop trilogy, a recent film Possessor. Very good. Very, very good film. It's a it's a very dark it has sci-fi-ish aspects. Um, essentially, people are able to tap into someone's subconscious and control their bodies. And they, like some sort of neuro net? Yeah, something like that. And then they use it for, they use their bodies for like assassinations. Huh. And so when they, when they kill their targets, they kill the host and then, you know, they, they leave and then they go back to their own body. But something is something's uh, there's like a glitch in the Matrix, essentially. Uh, something's wrong. Uh, then I watched the horrible uh, Bruce Willis Trauma Center. And recently I watched a, a movie uh, is called Sightless. Sightless is very good. And I, it's uh, it's only on rental status now, but I would I would recommend a rental. I've uh, just been 
piecing through Queen's Gambit little by little as as often as I can. Yes. Yes. Have you finished it, Drew? No, no. I'm on uh, episode two. But oh, oh my God. So, so good. good. Thank you. And everybody Uh, else. Where are you at? Everybody else. Yeah, thank you. For six. All right. Because there's only seven. Mm -hmm. Well, it's 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 just really well done. I don't know if I would put it in the caliber that I felt Hill House was. I felt like Hill House was... It's, it's sort but of it's a different two different beast. things, yeah. Oh, yeah, two very different, two very different shows. But just Hill House has just, like, left a huge, like, mark on me. Like, th- this is... I, I think Hill House is more emotionally investing. It's, it's so good. Hill, Hill House, I, I think, is going to be looked upon as, as one of, like, the crowning... For Netflix. ...sort of achievements of... Yeah. Of series, yeah, Netflix uh, series uh, for a while. No, honestly, like, uh, besides that, I watched Tombstone, and yeah, that's uh, yeah. So Anna and I, uh, this past Saturday, we had set out to watch maybe the first few episodes of season four of Rick and Morty mm. uh, that had just been released on uh, HBO Max, but we watched all ten episodes uh, in in one one city and we laughed our asses off uh and that that was sort of the seed the impetus if you will of the nathan alternate oh, universe oh, segment oh, because they're like that uh it's just too perfect oh. other than that uh chappelle show is on netflix and hbo max and while i've seen them through several times it's been quite a while so that's been my 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 lunchtime watch is uh, going back through Chappelle's show. So uh, Drew, where can people find us and perhaps even contact us? Oh gosh, well you know, guys, you can always find us up on Facebook. Just search for the Real Phils Podcast. You can also email us at realphilspodcast at gmail You can hit up Twitter. We are at Real Feels Pond. Uh, there is the Instagram. I wouldn't bet on it, though. I never update it. But you're free to follow if you so choose. <laughs> However, uh, if you want to leave us a voicemail, you can call the Tooch line because we love to get some voicemails on that Tooch line at 661-376-0030. Folks, nobody's tracking your phone numbers. <laughs> Nobody. It's going to ask you who's calling. But if you just you don't, you don't have to do any of that. If you just wait long enough, it would please us so, so much. If you called it just said like, hey, what's up? Fuck you guys. <laughs> it would be better <laughs> than away. when somebody who speaks Spanish butt dials us and that's all we get. Or when I prank call Drew <laughs> when, when I'm working on a Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> we want you we want to hear from you. Uh we'll, we'd love we'll, to hear from you. You know, if we'll put we'll put you up on an episode if 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 you're comfortable with it as far Ooh, as, as the fun. recording of the Tooch line. But we really mm-hmm, want to mm-hmm. hear that Tooch line ring-a-ling-a-ling. Ring-a-ling-a-ling. But guys, also, if you do not want to call the Tooch line, you can always leave us a five-star five review star. up on Apple Podcasts. That would also just tickle us something Landing right. gear. Mm-hmm. Landing gear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we've about... Uh, die hearted out for this episode oh. uh what's coming up for us uh in the next few episodes drew we've got uh well, patreon next or is see. it something else so after die hard it comes up to our 
Gobo grab baggins. Can't wait. <laughs> da, 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 da. It's the most wonderful, wonderful time of the year. year. I'm stupidly excited for some Gobo grab baggins. After the Bilbo grab baggins, it is not necessarily our Patreon special. However, it comes up to our voicemail winner, and uh, we're going to be watching his uh, choice of a film from 2013. We'll keep it secret, keep it safe, because you guys need some Drew's clues to be guessing. And after that voicemail winner, it comes back to Nathan. Rounding it out. Heroic fantasy. Heroic fantasy. And then finally, it's going to be literary adaptation for me coming up at the tail end of January. And thankfully for our, you know, most recent top patron, Justin, he did agree that he wants his movie not to be at the tail end of this uh, of this season, but one of the kickoff episodes for season four. And uh, folks, we are still trying to come up with a name for season four. Mm-hmm. Season two was uh, Riker's oh. Beard. Uh, this is the return of the feels. You know, options are still open. Call that Tooch line. Let us know. What season four of Real Fields should be called? Please send please. in some suggestions. I you. Yeah, I mean, I you can hit us up on Facebook. You can hit us up on Twitter. You know, slide in, slide in so slowly to our DMs, please. Make me feel good. Make me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> but um, from uh, us over at Real Fields, this has been the realist and the feelist. Yippee ki yay, motherfucker. <laughs> Shoot the glass. <laughs> Come out to the coast. We'll have a few laughs. Visa, Visa. Schnell, Schnell. I see him. Oh, and the quarterback is down. Remember when we first met John McClain? Argyle picked him up from the plane and took him down the Nakatomi Tower to meet with Holly. He came to get her back and to be her man. But Hans and his buddies fucked up the plan and that's about when everything went sour at the christmas party and the terrorists were overzealous but it was sweet when they killed ellis and with a little help from alan john mcclain kicked ass we're gonna die They want you to pick Paul Blart Mall Cop. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. They want you to pick Paul Blart. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Got this, got this, got this.